Twitter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Maybe it like sounds weedsy, and I think we, we had this whole discussion setting up the show. Like, do we start talking about this deal on the Electoral Count Act? Is it going to bore people? Are they going to turn off? But it's so important, and it's so critical to preventing another January 6th from happening again. So talk to us about where this stands, this deal that would try to basically prevent presidential candidates down the road from stealing elections. That's right, Hallie. We know the January 6th committee has this tantalizing trove of information about a plot to steal an election. The question becomes, what are they going to do with all that knowledge? And legislatively, this is where the rubber meets the road. A working group, a bipartisan group of senators, is finalizing legislation as we speak. It could be released as early as next week to close gaps in election law to, in, in an attempt to prevent candidates in future elections from trying to steal elections the way uh, former President Trump allegedly attempted uh, in 2020. There are several uh, aspects that they're tackling in the law. Specifically, it, uh, it it looks at revising the 1887 Electoral Count Act to make clear that a vice president does not have unilateral power to uh, reject electors. They raise the rules for uh, forcing Congress to vote on objections uh, to certain electors from the current rule of one member of the House and one senator to about one-fifth of each body. And there are other uh, changes that they're making as well, including changes to the presidential Transition Act to make sure both candidates in cases of a close or contested election are able to access resources. And finally, the issue of safe harbor. This deadline, the statutory deadline for states to send electors to Congress to make sure it counts, this group is working to make sure that that is done properly in a way that uh, assures that the winner has their electors sent to Congress and ultimately is certified. Now, we know the leadership of both parties. The Democratic and Republican Party have uh, blessed this negotiation. They're hoping to release legislation as early as next week. That's according to a leader of the group, Senator Susan Collins, a Republican of Maine. And there remain questions about when they're going to vote on it. Some want to do it between the August recess and the midterms, whereas others say it might have to happen in the lame duck alley. Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon. And uh, this is this this the quality of journalism here in America. Um, continually hits new lows. We, we've got MSNBC having these commentators continually insist uh, that the election, that President Trump tried to, quote, steal the election on January 6th. And at the same time, they're describing what is a, a, a fix to this Electoral Count Act, which would stop the vice president and Congress from effectively looking at possible illegal votes in the vote stream. And, and the way MSNBC 
has spun this story. You heard it in Denver. I might want to have you cue that up again so get ready. The way MSNBC spins this story is somehow Congress is going to close a loophole that will prevent, quote, the stealing of an election when, in fact, the Electoral Count Act was established to prevent the stealing of an election. And uh, I think it's really important to focus on both both the the legislative dimensions of this changed uh, proposed changes, as well as the political dimensions. I mean, first of all, the cast of characters here pushing this whole thing is really interesting. On the the Democrat side, you've got Chuck Schumer joining hands with Joe Manchin, and this is kind of Joe Manchin's um, bid, essentially, to win back the good graces of the Democrats who are now really ticked off at him uh, for doing the right thing uh, with respect to this grand plan climate change monstrosity that the Democrats were trying to get passed. Manchin pulled the plug on that. He was the swing vote. I was done. So so this whole thing is getting into bed with, with, with Chucky Schumer is a way uh, essentially to mend Democrat fences. So that's the dynamic there. Now, you have to ask yourself the question, who's, who's pushing this on the Republican side? So, so far, some of the usual suspects haven't surfaced like Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney and Ben Sass and Pat, Pat Toomey. These are the quintessential rhino, never Trump Republicans that have, have always been trying to work with these, these crazy Democrats. And uh, it's, it's, it's a situation where we, we have, once again, once again, Mitch McConnell trying to stick a knife both in the back and the front of Donald Trump by emphasizing his thing. So, so my view of this whole bid by Manchin, Collins, Schumer, and McConnell to effectively overthrow the Electoral Count Act um, is, is the best admission, the best admission that Donald Trump did nothing whatsoever illegal on January 6th. And moreover, Vice President Mike Pence did exactly the wrong thing. The fact that these rhino Republicans and woke Democrats feel compelled to change the Electoral Count Act in a way which takes power away from the vice president to order a recount of votes in states which are contested by legislatures tells you right there that vice president Mike Pence had the power to do so on January 6th. Let's go through that again. Think about this. The whole spin on Capitol Hill in the mainstream media and, and the rhino Republicans is that, oh, Mike Pence did the right thing to save the Republic. He, he, he had the law on his side. He didn't have any power to do other than what he did. 
Well, BS. I'm calling BS. And the best proof of that is this proposed change to the Electoral Count Act, which would take away the power to recount votes from the vice president. If if Pence didn't have the power to do that on January 6th, why does Congress, why does Manchin and McConnell and Collins uh, and Schumer feel a need to make that explicit? Of course, the other thing they do, which is about as undemocratic with a small d as you can get, is they want to not only turn Vice President Pence or any future vice president into a ministerial rubber stamp role when counting the electoral votes, right? That's that's what they want. They want to take the power away from the Congress in order, <laughs> look, on January 6th, the Green Bay sweep, that was the strategy. The guy who usually sits in his chair developed to challenge what he saw rightfully as a likely flood of illegal votes into the ballot box. Right? That's all he wanted to do. And the rules of the road under the Green Bay sweep and under the Electoral Count Act was simply simply that all you had to do is have one congressman and or one senator to ask for a count in a given state. They want to change that to 20% of everybody in the House and 20% of everybody in the Senate for any given objection. That's that's a non-starter right there. So let's watch this one carefully because it's the best evidence that Steve Bannon Donald Trump and yours truly work right between the lines of the Electoral Count Act in trying to get a, a legal count of the legal votes. And the best evidence is exactly this, that they want to now clarify or change the rules so that vice presidents in the future couldn't do what we now know by this very fact that Trader Pence had the ability to do, but did not do on January 6th because he is the puppet of the Koch network and the Rhino Republicans. All right. I am pleased now to introduce one of my favorite of all time. I got two favorite political consultants of all time. Um, one of them is Ed Rollins. The other, the other is the inestimable Dick Morris. And today we have Dick Morris in the house um, with his new book. We're going to be talking about that in this block and the next. And uh, I, the only way I found out that, that Dick had a new book was uh, in looking at my own book, Taking Back Trump's America, that had been in the number one position in the category of nationalism in an Amazon, which I'm proud of. And, and lo and behold, it started going down to number two where it remains. And I uh, looked out oh, Dick Morris with his new book. So um, if we have Dick, um, let's bring my brother Dick in. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm so pleased, uh, pleased to have you on. How, how are things in Morris land and the book doing? I didn't mean to displace you. You know, I'm not used <laughs> to doing a black shirt. Where's the white shirt, the loosened tie, and the rolled-up sleeves? Yeah, well, this is the war room, sir, and you are you are um, you are welcome. 
to go as as brass knuckled as as you do in the back rooms of politics uh, with with your genius, uh, sir. But you know, like I, we got plenty of time, and we'll go as long as you have time. But I wanted to first give give your audience a flavor of of how early you knew Donald Trump uh, and what that relationship was, because I think it was your dad who was a real estate lawyer who started out with Trump's dad. And and, you know, go from there to during the 2020 campaign, you were one of the most important secret advisors of President Trump. So can you talk a little bit first just about the early years uh, with Donald Trump, who you predict will be the next president in 2024? Well, my father uh, was Trump's was Fred Trump's lawyer and then Donald Trump's lawyer and uh, handled most all of his real estate projects for him. there was really kind of a triumvirate of Trump, Roy Cohn, who was my first cousin and my father's cousin, and uh, my father, Eugene Morris. And uh, Trump would uh, do the financing, my father would do the administrative stuff, and Roy would do the politics. Uh, whenever Trump would come over to my table at Mar-a-Lago to greet me, he would say, your father, Gene Morris, was the best real estate lawyer I ever had. And I mean, Donald Trump, he wasn't anything like you. He wasn't political. <laughs> um, so I've known, I've known Trump my whole life. And um, I wrote a book in 19, I'm sorry, in 2000, <laughs> get blocking it, 2016, that came out in May of 2016, eight months before the election, six months before the election. And its title was Armageddon, How Trump Will Beat Hillary. And uh, oh, nobody happened. And it laid out a game plan for how to do it that focused on the Hispanic vote, on the blue collar white vote, uh, and really the game plan that Trump implemented. And, uh, and I was, was very happy to have done that. Anyway, um, I hey, got uh, can- Dick, so, so we, we brought you in a, a little late. Um, but we're going to we're going to take a, a quick break here. And when we come back, uh, the mic's going to be all yours. And we're going to we're going to continue this story. So it's Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon. You are in the war room, the number one podcast in politics in the world. I'll be right back with Dick Morris. Bring it on and I will to the end. Just watch and see. It's all started. Everything's begun. And you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP Spread the word all through Hong Kong We will fight till they're all gone We rejoice when there's no more Let's take down the CCP You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, There's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand. End quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit 
on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Peter K. Navarian for Stephen K. Bannon. We are talking with the author of the hot new book uh, at top of the charts on Amazon, The Return, uh, by none other than political consultant Dick Morris. In that book, The Return, uh, Dick predicts that there's only one person who can and will be president in 2024, um, and that's uh, Donald John Trump. Uh, Dick, uh, we're going to get deeper into that, but but first I want to ask you um, about the 2022 race because President Trump is taking keen interest in a lot of races. Um, how many seats do you think the Republicans are going to win on net? Uh, is it going to be like a, um, a Gingrich-Obama type carnage for the Democrats, uh, something less or kind of a hundred-year flood that uh, some folks like Steve Bannon talk about? Well, first of all, Peter, I just want to say to your audience that you may not know that Peter Navarro was one of only two members of the Trump administration, not counting the president, that really stood up to China throughout the whole time. He had a right. He understood what China was doing to us in trade. Nobody else had the guts to do that. They all had their eye on a legal job or a consulting fee after they got out. And Peter Navarro stood up incredibly. You all know him from his role in the election, but the China stuff presaged that. Um, the I, I question, appreciate that. I never cashed in, Dick. That's why I'm wearing a T-shirt here instead of a fancy suit. But that's another story. <laughs> the, uh, anyway, anyway, talk talk to me. I appreciate that. Talk to me. Um, what, what do you? Th- how do you think this uh, this 2022 thing is going to shape up? You know, the Dems are putting their hopes on Roe v. Wade. Um, Republicans are saying it's inflation, inflation, inflation. Where do you come out on this? What's going to happen? It'll be an enormous, enormous landslide. Uh, I think it'll dwarf anything in American history. Uh, I think that it is unbelievable uh, what's going to happen. Frankly, uh, Peter, I think it may mean the death of the white Democrat. (laughs) Uh, The entire Democratic Party, I think, will become black. And the white liberal congressmen will all lose, except in a few urban districts. And the Hispanics will vote heavily for the Republicans. And I think it's going to be a total game changer. And in the Senate, there's a there's a focus by the Republicans on four seats, uh, Arizona, New, Arizona, Nevada, New Hampshire, and, and um, Georgia. And I think that we're going to win a lot more than that. And I'm going to be doing a series of polls with John McLaughlin over the next few weeks of Colorado, Washington, Oregon, Connecticut, and New York. 
I think Schumer could be beaten. So um, I'll give you results on those when we get them. Is this is this solely due to the shift in the Hispanic and to a certain extent the black male vote towards the Republican Party, or or is there other mischief afoot among like the soccer moms who can't handle things like critical race theory in their schools? It's all of the above. I think the Hispanic shift is the biggest. Uh, good for you for spotting the black male shift, uh, M-A-L-E. Uh, there is, uh, there's, there's a large shift among them. We'll, we'll still lose black women, but we'll, we won't carry black men. But at this point, I think we're running about 20 points stronger among black men than black women. They don't like the idea that Biden is going to appoint a, a Spanish woman to the Supreme Court or a black woman as, as, uh, as vice president. Uh, they, they don't feel a black woman to the court. They feel that, that men are entitled to equal time. And they think that the increasing focus on African-American women by the administration is a reflection of Heather has two mommies and who needs to raise the incomes of black men, yeah. replace them with black women. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be a huge, huge sweep. Uh, in the out on whether uh, Kevin McCarthy will be the speaker versus uh, a more Trumpian figure uh, and whether McConnell will will uh, will be retired or not. And do you well, think with, that's important for the Trump agenda? No, not really. I think with McConnell, you have, you know, two thirds of the Senate isn't up this year. And those guys will all vote for McConnell. So I don't yeah. think that's important. In terms of the House, I don't really know. I'm not following it closely. All right, let's uh, let's shift gears now. You you claim unequivocally uh, that Donald Trump will be president uh, and sworn in on January 2025. Um, you don't. You're not worried about Ron DeSantis, obviously. Let's start with him. Why not? Nobody's going to run against Trump. I think he'll get the nomination by acclamation unanimously on the first ballot. Uh, there might be a Romney or a Cheney that runs. But DeSantis isn't crazy. The latest national poll by McLaughlin has Trump ahead of DeSantis by the tiny margin of 59 to 15. <laughs> the guy runs a 44-point lead. He deserves to have his head examined. And everybody else is below DeSantis in single digits. The idea that Trump would have a tough primary or McConnell's statement would be a crowded field is simply the media propaganda trying to sully Trump and trying to trip him up. Uh, it, uh, they know that that's not true. And the other candidates know that that's not true. Uh, the, what, what is it yeah. about the traditional kind of um, role of the Republican primary to also vet potential VPs? You know, if Trump... Uh, faces an uncontested primary, who do you see as as a, a handful of possible uh, VP candidates and why, including I, I, DeSantis? I don't know and I don't much care. Uh, Trump is uh, like the bachelor who can have his choice of women. He doesn't have to, <laughs> doesn't have to marry for prestige. He can what he wants. And uh, I think that, uh, that therefore, a lot of the candidates who are trying to get it, like Haley and a few others, are, are hurting themselves 
because I think they're rubbing Trump the wrong way. He'll pick someone he can really get along with, which is to say someone he can boss around. And um, he did that with Pence and he was right for three years and 11 and a half months. And uh, he'll do. <laughs> the, um, it, it's interesting that Pence um, endorsed Robeson out for governor against Trump's endorsed candidate, Kerry Lake. Did you note that or make anything of that? That seemed to me like political suicide yeah. yet again Pence. on behalf of Mike Pence. You can't commit suicide if you're dead. And Pence is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, let's get yeah. on to the let's talk about twenty-four and let's talk about why I think Trump is inevitable and let's talk about why I think Hillary let's do it. will be okay. Let's do it. Uh, inevitable for Trump, first of all, uh I believe that he has solve the problem potentially of fraud in the election. I think that there will be no cheating in the 24 election because we were discussing this off the air of the case of Moore v. Harper, which nobody's talking about, but it is a, a bombshell. This is the case that arose from the North Carolina redistricting. And what happened was that the Republican legislature passed a plan that was very pro-Republican and the Democratic Supreme Court threw it out. And the Republicans sued, not just on the usual grounds that this is unfair or partisan or one man, one vote, but rather on the novel ground of legislative supremacy. They said that section Article 3, Section 4 of the Constitution says that the manner, places, and times of electing senators or congressmen shall be decided by the state legislatures, not the governors, not the states, not the state courts, not the secretaries of state, the legislatures. And uh, the, the four judges have voted to accept it, which means I think it'll win six to five. And what that does is you have five states now where the uh, Republican legislature has passed basically the Georgia and the Florida and the Alabama and the Arizona bill that really eliminate the potential for voter fraud. No drop boxes, no no excuse ballots, uh, verification of signatures, uh, photo ID, and so on. But the Democratic governors in those five states have vetoed the bill, and they are Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. And if the uh, court rules in favor of the Republicans in uh, in this case, uh, I believe that that is going to completely change everything because then you will not be able to cheat because the legislature will set the rules and they can be enforced by injunctive relief. So that's the does, first. Does that take away uh, the power of a governor to, to veto a bill of the state legislature? Correct. Now in Michigan, wow. they do that. Wow. In, Mi in Michigan, there's a law that says that if you introduce a bill in the legislature, in the Senate, in the House, in the state, and you do it with 500,000 signatures backing it up, the governor cannot veto that bill. If it passes the legislature, it wow. becomes law. That's how the right to work law passed in Michigan about seven years ago. So in Michigan, you may have that already. But in these other states, if we win the Moore case, you're going to have that all over. And I think the problem of ballot fraud will be something in the rearview mirror. 
Dick, uh, we're going to take another break now. Uh, hold on. We'll be right back with Dick Morris, author of the best-selling now, The Return. We'll be right back here in the war room. Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon. Stay right there. Everything's begun and you are over Cause we're taking down the CCP Spread the word all through Hong Kong We will fight till they're all gone We rejoice when there's no more Let's take down the CCP Hey, did you hear where this Arizona real estate agent found the home she lived in? Listed for sale? Hey, the problem was She wasn't selling her home. She was the victim of home title fraud, a devastating crime happening all over the country. According to the expert at Home Title Lock, the crime is incredibly profitable and hard to detect. An identity thief simply fakes a title transfer for your home and refiles it as the new owner. Then he takes out loans on your home or sells it. Typically, identity theft services don't cover you, and neither does homeowner's insurance. But Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone tampering with your home's title, they help shut it down and help get your home back in your name. Here's what you should do. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and read the testimonials from FBI agents and government officials. Then register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. And when you protect your home, tell them Steve Bannon sent you to get your free 30 days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, 30 days, free protection if you do it today. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to itargetpro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com, offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon, and uh, I'm delighted to be having a conversation with political consultant Dick Morris, the, the secret consultant, uh, to Donald Trump during the 2020 campaign. He um, had numerous conversations offline with President Trump, and uh, he didn't take a penny for it, and the deal was it would remain secret throughout the election. We now know uh, that, that um, he had extensive uh, conversations with the boss, 
Um, and uh, we, we want to go back now right to Dick. His new book, The Return, predicts a Trump victory in 2024. Uh, Dick, tell us uh, you know, what the game plan is in 2024 and why the boss is a lock. Well, I think there are three elements that really underscore what Trump inevitability in 24. Uh, the first is that he is, you know, like Toyota has a hybrid car, half gas, half uh, electric. Well, Trump is like the hybrid candidate, half incumbent and half insurgent. So as the insurgent, he goes out and he says, hey, uh, we have to uh, we, we fight against inflation, fight against high gas prices, uh, the woke agenda, all that stuff, immigration. But then the Democrats come back and they say, how do we know you can do any different? How do we know you, you can deal with gas prices? You know, they say Democrats love to cloak their failures in the disguise of inevitability and say that they uh, say that they there's no way you can deal with inflation. There's no way you can hold down gas prices. It's just a phenomenon of living in our society. Borders don't mean anything anymore. And of course, they'll come over. But uh, Donald Trump alone can say, I did it. Uh, I had gas prices down. I stopped inflation. I sealed the border. I stopped Russia from screwing around. And uh, he that's a unique thing to be able to say. And it takes away the key argument that the Democrats would use. The second thing is that during the Antifa demonstrations and the whole uh, stuff after George Floyd's murder, uh, everybody was saying, well, this will help us get white blue collar voters. And that's true. It did. But we'd largely maxed out among them. But I believed in my colleague, John McLaughlin and John Jordan, who worked with me on this, believed that ultimately the that ultimately the Hispanic vote would go Republican because of patriotism, that when Antifa is tearing down statues and desecrating the flag and saying America's a racist, evil country. That so alienated the Latinos, who were the people who chose to come here, often at risk of their lives, and by the way, alienated Asian Americans too. And it produced a huge gain among them, to a point where it looks now as if we'll actually carry the Latino vote in 24. And the third thing is, of course, the ability to communicate with white, blue-collar voters. Uh, the Hillary dismissed them as deplorable. Trump said they cling to their Bibles and guns. But Trump said these are Americans and they have real problems. And we've got to stop illegal immigration from bringing down their wages, uh, Chinese products from putting their companies out of business and getting them laid off and, uh, and really stand up for them. And he did. And I think he speaks their language in a blunt, aggressive way. And I don't think anybody else can. So I think it's going to be Trump and only Trump. Dick, um, you said something there which which just popped out at me. You, you believe that Trump will actually carry the Latino vote, meaning he's going to get over half of Latinos voting yeah. in that election. Can you provide some context for that historically as to what percentages uh, he, got, he got like in 2016 versus Bush in 2008 and things like that? We got uh, 36 to 38% of the Latino vote in 2020. And the okay. current poll that McLaughlin and I are doing shows us getting 50% uh, 
uh, of the Latino vote now in a race against Biden. Uh, so uh, really, the sky is. And the what limit. was it in 2016? Do you remember? That did it? Because I thought well, it was down in the teens back then. Oh, in 2016. Yeah, it was about 20, uh, about 20 percent. And then it jumped up to 36. And now it may jump up to 50. So this is literally, literally a massive demographic shift. The the Democrats clearly have not taken Latinos for granted. What about that? Let's drill down a little bit about on the on the black vote. what what was it kind of circa 2016 2012 with romney and what is it what was it in 2020 and where are you projecting that in the past it was like nine percent in 20 uh in 2008 when obama was running uh it was about 12 percent in 2012 it was about uh 14 percent in 2016 uh, now I think it's going to be in the high teens and the low 20s. But the gender gap will be enormous. The black men will vote for us much more than black women. But it's not among blacks that the biggest shift will take place other than Hispanics. It's with Generation Z. Those are people in their 20s. We found something incredible in our polling, Peter, that I wrote about in the book. Yeah. When you turn 26 years old, and you blow out the candles on the cake, you become a conservative. <laughs> before you become you're 26, conservative. conservative. Before you're 26, you're a liberal because you're still thinking of your college professors and your uh, school system and all of that. But when you turn 26 years old, you have to support your family. You have to look at buying a house or an apartment. Uh, you have to look at moving out of your mother your mother's house. And you all of a sudden realize the consequences of democratic rule. And when you compare, this is hysterical, but it's really true. When you compare the votes of those aged 21 to 25 with those aged 25 to 29, there is about a 15 to 17 point difference of Trump doing better among the older group. Uh, They literally fall off the, the table. And uh, I think that basically those of us who are concerned that the indoctrination in college may carry over are wrong. Uh, once they meet the real world, they change completely. And, and I imagine, Dick, um, the voter turnout for as they get older goes up and the voter participation goes up versus the younger versus old. So it's, a, it's an even amplified effect. Have I got that right? Yep, you got that right. Now, you mentioned the idea of the Democrat. Go ahead. Go go ahead. No, you go ahead. I want to just spend a minute on the other side of the fence, the Democratic side. Um, I believe Hillary Clinton may well be the candidate. Uh, And my reason for that is that I expect that Bush will be forced out soon. I think they'll let him stay. They won't do the the Biden. Biden. You mean Biden, yeah. 25th Amendment, they'll let him stay but they'll say, you have to say you're not going to run in 24. And I think he'll submit to that. And I think Harris will have to say that too. Probably Biden first. And then when Harris is alone and therefore allegedly the front runner, her polling will be so dismal. She'll be in the low twenties and in third or fourth place and she'll drop out. Then I think what's going to happen is that you're going to get Bernie Sanders in the race and maybe AOC. 
and they are going to surge ahead in the polling. And then, did we get a freeze there? All right, let's uh, let's see when we get Dick back. Um, and um, <laughs> this is like a cliffhanger. We're we're going to get Hillary Clinton a, a rematch of Hillary versus Donald Trump. And it's it's going to be a race in which uh, Bernie Sanders and, and possibly even AOC um, may get involved in all of this. Cameron, let me know when we get Dick back on the line. Um, what's what's fascinating to me um, is how this younger generation uh, will come home uh, to Trumpism because of the need effectively uh, to raise a family, buy a car, buy a house. Of course, Steve uh, goes a long way analyzing this whole Democrat issue of, of uh, transhumanism where they're trying to neutralize the younger people by putting uh, three virtual reality headsets on them and let them spin out and, and live a glorious life in virtual space while they eat ramen noodles instead of steak. Um, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, what's what's interesting to me about um, this this 2024 election is is right now we are in a situation where Donald Trump clearly is the front runner, and um, there, there's big questions. It's like should he run? Uh, should he announce before or after the midterms? We had a fascinating conversation yesterday with. Um, Richard Barris in the six o'clock show where he thinks it would be a huge mistake uh, for Trump to announce before the midterms, because if the Republicans underperform as he believed they will, uh, then Trump will be blamed for it. And that might uh, potentially weaken him. Uh, so uh, this is a, uh, <clears throat> this is a story yet untold. Uh, Cameron, let me ask you, where, where are we at here? Nothing here. They can no. they get him. We have him up. He's ready to go? No, he's not there. He's not there. Uh, okay. Um, let's do this. We got uh, two and a half minutes left in this segment. Is Oscar up? Yes. All right, bring in Oscar now because I got a really important thing to talk about before the show ends about foreigners coming in and scooping up all our housing. Frightening by the way. Uh, Oscar, my brother, um, tell us what you saw this morning. Uh, give us an update on that because that is frightening in and of itself as well, sir. Mr. Navarro, good evening. Live again from Tampachula and, uh, uh, you know, in the center of, immig of immigration for the, the documents that is the multiple migration form that they have failed to give them today. 3,000 migrants, they rushed the National Guard, they crossed over their barrier, their barricade, and they went all the way in front of the offices to demand to the Institute of National Immigration to give them the multiple migration forms so they can walk freely. Uh, that did not work. Then they blocked the street as we, uh, they just habilitated the street again. The National Guard had to come again and try to decrease, you know, the tension that it was coexisting right here of these almost, almost between four to 5,000 migrants that they were camping out all of them protesting and blocking the streets from uh, from just, you know, basically blocking the citizens from getting to point A to point C 
on this intersection that is one of the most important intersections in Tapachula. So they're blocking the streets and the National Guard came over and cleaned it up. But it's still, uh, Mr. Navarro, it's still existing. The aggressiveness, the irregularities, the illegalities in this open border is what it causes right here. On the back, as you will see people sleeping in the middle of the sidewalk as they are hundreds sleeping right here in the middle of the sidewalk waiting to go to the north border, sir. Oscar, are the National, is the National Guard getting overwhelmed? I mean, how many are there? We got about 15 seconds here, but we, we got to go to a break. Uh, today in the morning, it was ridiculous. Or it was six of them against 2,000 of them. Of course, they were wow. going to get overwhelmed. They were going to get surpassed. Yes, sir. It was just ridiculous he, the way that the Mexican authorities were handling this. All right. Uh, we got to take a break now, Oscar. Uh, stand, stand by. And uh, we'll be right back in the war room. Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon. And uh, this is, by the way, the number one podcast in politics in the world. Years have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now, don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone, 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only $99.95 plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to SAT, that's SAT123.com, SAT123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's SAT123.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. Decision. Uh, through the remainder of this year of what direction we expect the market to go, we're going to live and die by CPI, I would assume, right? And CPI is a third of it is driven by housing. And so since rents continue to increase and also mortgage rates have increased significantly since uh, the I think it was the March lows, the earlier uh, the lows earlier this year. I just don't expect that CPI is going to come down in a meaningful way, especially with home builder sentiment. We're getting you know, reports now that home builder sentiment is at its all time lows since they started recording it. And so that doesn't really bode well for folks who want to purchase but are currently renting, being able to get out of rentals, which ultimately would bring down those rent numbers and also help CPI in a meaningful way. And so mm -hmm. until we fix that problem, the housing supply problem, I just don't really see where I can be wildly optimistic or wildly bullish about, you know, even the intermediate term uh, outlook for the market as far as getting out of this place where the Fed is having to intervene and raise rates to kind of cool things off for us. Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon. And <laughs> That guy's missing the bigger picture. It's not just supply, it's demand. And here's what really ticks me off. And if you don't get madder than I am about this, something is wrong. Foreign buyers over the last 12 months hit a record 
purchase of American homes of $59 billion. And I'll bet you a lot of money, chat room, huh? Type it out. Which country do you think, huh? Which country do you think is the biggest buyer? Okay, yeah, China, China. Why? <laughs> because, because they, first of all, they, they steal our jobs, they run up our trade deficit, and they take all of that money, and they come over here and buy our houses so that they can have a second home and that when the Communist Party fails or when they want a vacation from Xi Jinping, they come on over. And you know, where are they coming? They're coming to Florida, Florida, and Florida. The other part of this, this is incredible. It's like this is so unfair to Americans. As the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates and mortgage rates are getting ready to skyrocket, and the home buying is actually going down significantly as U.S. citizens who are trying to buy homes with mortgages are pushed out of the market. Guess what? 44% of the home sales are cash buyers. And that's a lot of the foreign money that's coming in. And I saw this firsthand down in Florida, this, this last few months, I went down looking to relocate down in Florida. I'm looking at the housing market there, and it's just it's just cash buyers. It's like you, you put in an offer, and it's like a mortgage. Now, they laugh at that, right? And so what's, what's my point here? My point here is that we can't live in a country where American deplorables, Blue-collar, middle-class Americans can't buy a friggin' home because the Chinese bought it before them with ill-gotten gains. This is something, this is one of the biggest untold stories we have. And I tell you what, if I were in the Trump White House right now, we would be all over this. It's not just housing supply that's lagging. It's the fact, the inalterable fact that foreigners are buying up real estate throughout this country. It's bad enough. It was bad enough when the friggin' hedge funds started coming in, the, the Black Rocks of America coming in and buying all apartment buildings en masse, raising everybody's rent, buying home subdivisions en masse. Now it's the friggin' Chinese coming in and, and using their ill-gotten gains to drive you out of the housing market. The only people who are winning are the people who are selling their homes. But then what? Then where do you go? Doesn't work here. So this is an issue that the war room is going to be all over about every day of the week. And uh, it's something that we really have to act on sooner rather than later. All right, we're going to finish up this show by going back to the border um, with Oscar, our, our, our trooper down there. And before the break, uh, we were talking about how there were, I think, what, six National Guards going mano a mano against 2,000 illegal aliens uh, that stormed them. I'm wondering if any of these, if you talk to any of these National Guard troops, um, is there any guns fired? Is there anybody who's gotten hurt? Um, 
and and who is which guard is it is it the texas national guard the arizona national guard who is it oscar what's going on here well over here in the down side of the border mr navarro is the mexican national guard and they just released the pathway they, they're plain now that the, the vehicles are passing the migrants are not blocking but the most aggravated situation about this is that 20 minutes before the national guard arrived and removed the blockage the neighbors around the community around 100 neighbors they were getting their sticks and stones and they were ready to go a mano a mano one-on-one -on -one against the migrants to tell them do not come to our country behave in our country be clean in our country respect our laws and our constitution in our country and please do not interrupt our daily day lives they were interrupting this main avenue as they were confronting several vehicles the migrants were confronting several vehicles stopping them hitting the vehicles and telling them hey you know what it is blocked you're not gonna until they give us a permit until they give us our humanitarian visa we're gonna let you pass so the national guard because they knew that the community was going to confront the migrants they came over here on a special operation they decrease and they lower down the tension and they open up again uh the pathway right here in the street sir the um why is the mexican national guard not the not the military uh, being deployed, they got what you got five National Guard troops against two thousand um, aggressive, hostile, illegal aliens disrupting uh, the society. What what is what is going on? Why why doesn't the Mexican government get more involved about this? It is complete incompetence, Mister Navarro. It is it starts on the border with Mexico and Guatemala. You have an open border, and we have. An open border policy with the global compact on migration that is implemented by yeah. the United Nations. And then now it is in the United States of America. And we are managed by these globalists. We are managed by these elitists that they're telling us that an open border, it is okay. And there you have enormous drug trafficking, enormous gun trafficking, enormous smuggling on the part of Guatemala. The other day we were broadcasting the Operation uh, Mirror Oscar, that is quickly, this quickly, yes. we're down to, yes, we're, Oscar, down to our last 20 seconds. Just give them your social media, brother. And uh, you stay safe out there. You got the last word in this show. Thanks so much, Mr. Navarro. Oscar Blue on Getter, OscarBlueRamirez.com, and Oscar Blue on Real America's Boys News, sir. Thank you. You hit you hit your mark, brother. Steve, Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon. We'll be back in the war room tomorrow, the number one podcast in the world. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.
They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.